Hello and welcome into Damage Plan MMA podcast presented by Fierce Challenger Series 4. On today's episode, it is that man right there, Julian Ruiz, one half of our main event in just a couple of weeks over at Clearfield High School. For tickets to our March 18th show, head over to FierceFightingChampionship.com and make sure to get your tickets before this event sells out. Julian and I got the chance to sit down and talk a little bit about his fight career, what he's looking forward to in this main event, as well as how he came to be a fighter in the first place. So without further ado, here's myself with Julian Ruiz. Julian, thanks so much for joining us, man. How's it going, man? Pleasure to be here. Dude, we're more than happy to have you here. And uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the fight, but we also just kind of want to get to know you a little bit better. But we're going to kick things off with you in your first main event. How does that make you feel, man? Headed into your first main event ever. Um, Good. It's a long time coming, man. Um, I think I... Well, no, I was going to say I should have been a main event a long time ago for other shows, but I guess I'm just building my credential. You know, it's my third fight, so it's just an honor to have yeah, main event in my third fight as well. Tell me a little bit about the preparation headed into this upcoming matchup and, and just the preparation over the last few years, I should say. Well, um, the last few years, you know, it's just just dedicating my life to this pretty much. Everything I do um, resolves around this. All the jobs and all the things I do on the side, everything I watch, it all builds up to eventually, you know, help me um, with my fighting career and becoming one of the best in the world, the best in the world one day. Yeah. So, uh, my preparation, I mean, it's just um, training at the pit at 11 every uh, Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, and then um, meet up random other random times with my coaches and other teams and stuff. I'm always trying to train at 11. I usually do it. Even if um, we don't train at the pit, I go to the combat arts Um get some grappling in there at 11 so just constantly um you know preparing and um this lot i feel like these last couple of years every time i prepare um i haven't had too much time in between fights i feel like uh, every after i fight i get injured and then i have to focus on getting the injury back and then before you know it it's like all right time to fight again and then i have somebody to prepare for so um uh, yeah it's, it's been been pretty busy you know this year but but a lot of good stuff a lot of southpaws though especially lately last um last couple of years been preparing for a lot of southpaws my pro debut was against a southpaw and my last boxing match was a southpaw and uh this guy's a southpaw and i've been getting ready for him for what feels like half a half a, a freaking year you know almost a year itself needless to say it seems like you're pretty prepared for this upcoming matchup and on top of that i mean you were supposed to fight him back in january were you kind of excited to get back in there with someone who you were already preparing for, someone that kind of already had an idea of what your game plan was going to be going into January, and now you just get to face him a couple months later? Uh, yeah, man, it made it a lot easier for um, for me and my team. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time preparing for him. Southpaw, that's a uh, grappler. You know, he's good off his back, but he's also good on top and pretty strong. Big team um, that he trains with, a lot of good training partners. I think he trains with Ricky Simmons a lot and stuff, so... We knew what we were getting ourselves into, um, so it just kind of makes it easy. You know, there's a couple of things I wanted to tweak the last camp and didn't have a chance, but now I just get to tweak them. So I felt like I was 100% ready, and now I'm going to be like 120% ready. So, What started all of this? What brought you to the sport of MMA? What got you to want to start fighting, at, specifically at such a young age? I mean, you took debut as an amateur at 18 years old. Um. Well... I don't know. I, was, I grew up fighting all the time when I was a little kid. You know, I used oh, like in the third grade, I got suspended a couple of times for fighting. And then after that, you know, my whole life, I just kind of was um, hard headed and stuff. And 
I feel like I don't know why my life's always like attracted violence and anytime there's like something crazy or something that goes on you know I'm always around you know like the 2020 pandemic thing when you know the guy pulled out the bow and um you know got beat up I was there for that you know you hear all this stuff on the news you know every time I feel like I go downtown some crazy that goes on I'm always around and I'm always like front row for fights and I don't know. I feel like it's it's kind of inevitable and um, I can't really deny my fate. You know, I think I'm just kind of meant for this. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I started I was always fighting growing up. And when I was 12 years old, I started wrestling when I moved here to Utah. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm from a small town. It's called Bernal. There's not really too much going on there except for oil field. And then if you're, um, you know, in high school and athlete, well, the only thing we're really good at is um, wrestling and drill team. But uh, our wrestling is what we stand out for. Like, um, they just won, actually. Um, Uena had their very first women's state title, and they did a shout-out. They had a women's and a male state title, so they, they brought home um, state championships in both, you know. So that's recognition of the team I grew up on. You know, I was never, like, the the big stud on the team, but, you know, if there's somebody I knew I should be, I always beat them, you know. When they're, I, was, I was lazy, though, on the wrestling team. You know, I just did it because of my friends and everything, so – that's kind of what brought me to as well. You know, uh, when I was in high school, I felt like I had a good chance to take the state as a senior and I had that in my head. And then um, I, the guy that ended up taking the state, you know, I, I stuck him and I had him in a head and arm or a cowboy, what they call it. And he's supposed to be passed out and a bunch of stuff happened like that. And it's kind of like showed my drive that I, I had the potential to be a good athlete. And instead of going to college and um, what's it called? Wrestling, trying to wrestle or anything, you know, I, Every time I was done wrestling somebody that was good, I'd be like, yeah, if I fought this dude, I'd beat his ass for sure. So um, after I was done wrestling, I used to see all these, um, the, the the local fights in the town. Um, the, I think they're like ultimate combat and stuff like that in Vernal. And I went to saw see one of my friends fight one time. And I was like, all right, when I turn 18, I'm going to do this. I was like, I, I just had a feeling that I was and like it was meant to be. And then I was training for um, a couple months. Then I went to this, um, I went to a couple gyms, they shut down. I went to this other gym, pretty much the dude was like, um, was it like four days after I turned um, 18, he came up to me and asked me if I wanted to take a fight. He's like, yeah, you're seem like you're in pretty good shape. Your wrestling's good. You're moving around with these pros pretty good. You're pretty natural. So uh, fight in front of your hometown and they're not supposed to pay you, but they are, they'll give you, they're going to give you this uh, reimbursement or whatever. So um, I was like, hell yeah, 150 bucks fight in front of everybody. I did say when I turned 18, I was going to do it. It was like, I just turned four, 18 four days ago. So it's like, I guess it's meant to be, you know, and I was pretty nervous and it, it all started from there. And then from there, you know, here we are now. That's pretty incredible. When did you make your way over to the pit then? Well, I moved to Salt Lake. Um, so I guess a little background on my, my career, I, I guess um, a lot of gyms were shutting down in Bernal. And then this guy named Travis Marks became like my main mentor opened up a gym down there. He was a Bellator vet and the most successful guy to come out of the basin. And he essentially opened a gym and had me um, work there. You know, he started training me. I took a couple of fights and then he, um, he moved to St. George, but he told me I, I pretty much needed to go that I had potential to fight, you know, realistically. So I needed to get out of that town and I went to St. George and then the same thing after a little bit, he's like, yeah, I think you should um, go somewhere bigger, better. And um, I was going to go to Albuquerque, New Mexico, because that's where he was training at and Greg Jackson's and stuff. And he had um, coaches and friends up there. But my brother had called me about, um, you know, he got out of the military and wanted me to move up to Salt Lake and be closer to the family. Partly as well, he said that um, his uh, he's getting out, so the government was going to pay for our rent, but that never happened. 
but <laughs> one of the main reasons that came up. But um, but anyways, um, yeah. So then I moved up to Salt Lake, and the pit wasn't around at the time. There was no pit. It was. Um, I went to this gym called the Ultimate Combat, and I I went there asking for Ramsey. He wasn't working there at the time. He had like a fallout, and then um, I ended up meeting him randomly at an open mat um, later on, and um, at that gym. And then um, he was working at the UFC gym at that time. But at that moment, he asked me to come train with them because he saw me fight Mitch Ramirez. And he's like, yeah, dude, I think you got potential. You should come train with me. And then when I went to train with him, you know, it was just me and him and like um, this dude named Nate Kersley and then this guy named Cor McGee. And then um, a couple other guys, Marco, uh, my friend Marco was there. Um, and then, you know, a couple other guys here and there. But it was mostly like us three and four always training together, small group. And then uh, eventually, you know, we were jumping from the UFC gym to the uh, the Temple MMA, dropping into Jerry Orange all the time in Agima. We didn't really have a gym. And then I was just following Ramsey around and just getting mauled by him and Nate all the time in court. Um, but when we go to these other gyms, it would be easy for me to go on guys my size and skill level, you know. So, um, But then, yeah, essentially later on, he um, was took over the Temple MMA and wanted to turn it into the pit. And then he got a new location and boom the pit came around so that's how that's how i ended up at the pit so uh, i technically helped them start it so so correct me if i'm wrong you're undefeated under the pit banner when you're when you're when your gym is listed as pit you are undefeated that's pretty yep. incredible i mean Never what does that me. mean to you to be able to represent a gym that has a ton of talent a ton of history as well from when they were back in provo and orem and everything like that but to be a part of a group of guys that are very, very talented and have a lot of potential, I would say, going to, you know, a bigger stage or something like that sometime in your career. I mean, it means a lot to me. I feel like I have to represent, you know, I feel like um, at my age, those guys were all really good, but I feel like I have some skills that they didn't have uh, that I have right now, you know, and um, I have the benefit to learn from them. They didn't have like the, the uh, a set of UFC vets that were already up there. You know, they're the ones making it. They made it and done their time, so now they're they put in a lot of time into me, you know. So I feel like it's a big responsibility for me to represent, especially the pit. You know, people hear about that name and they know about it because of Chuck Liddell, so it's well known, you know. And then um, Utah itself is kind of like a hidden gem right now. No one knows too much about us, and nobody's heard the pit name in a while. I guess now it's coming back around because of Clover and um, Alex. But yeah, just um, I mean, it's a big honor for me to represent that. And how much history and stuff is behind it, all the fighters that it came out. Um, I feel just a huge responsibility on my shoulders to represent and not only do what they did, but surpass them, you know, surpass them and some. Yeah. You know, I mean, every, you, you, every big fighter has ever been around here, I've, I've, I train with and I, I see on it like weekly basis, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, you are, you are right up there amongst the top of fighters there. And specifically, I mean, I got a quick stat for you. You have of all fighters in the state of Utah. You have the longest win streak of any fighter in the state of Utah that trained and lives in Utah. There's a couple others in Vegas that compete here, but you are of Utah-based fighters, the longest win streak. What would you attribute that to? What What do you attribute that that longevity of you? You haven't lost a fight since you fought Mitch Ramirez back in 2017. It's been almost six years since you faced a loss. Where do you attribute your longevity to? Um, just apparent preparing appropriately, you know, um, in the amateurs, it was a little bit more, um, I was down to fight everybody cause I knew I was better than everybody. And I was the one of bigger guys that have good competition, but now in the pros, it's kind of like you, 
I'm still down to fight anybody, but you know, things got to make sense. But um, I, I don't know. I always say I don't take a fight unless I know I'm going to win. And that doesn't necessarily mean I only fight bums. That just means I can look at somebody for about 30 seconds and be like, yeah, I can beat that guy already. Boom. And then, um, you know, all the little details that go into preparing for a guy, that's the first thing is I got to look at him for about yeah, 15, 30 seconds. I'm like, yeah, I can beat that guy. Then the next is the preparation, you know, looking at what what's in front of us, what we need to do, who I need to bring in. Um, and then uh, doing you not know, doing the work. It's why the most nerve wracking part before any fight for me is my training camp, just because one, it's always hard, you know, like let's say like the last two sessions, I, I'm like excited to get there until I start going. And then I'm like, want to quit and I push through and it feels so great, you know, but it's that like scary feeling that you don't know if you're going to be able to finish and you're like, you're going to get through, you know, that feeling that you don't know if you're going to cut corners or, or it's not going to go right or whatever. But so keeping that, um, keeping that fire in you whenever, you know, I have a camp and an opponent set. Um, but yeah, it's just really uh, essentially preparing accordingly more than anything. Like I said, it's all those little steps that lead up, but it's just preparation. You got to do all the little steps right. You got to go through A, um, B, C, D to get down to Z. You know, Z's winning the fight. And, um, you know, a lot of people, they do things um, the certain way. But, you know, I, I work hard until I get my hand raised. That's what I always try and tell people as well. You know, the hard work doesn't stop until you get your hand raised. These guys go way in and they're like, oh, celebrating, out, having fun or whatever. Then they're at the fights, like have this like fake confidence that they're like, doing good and then they go out there and they have like a, a close fire or they get their ass whooped and stuff you know you got to be you know focused in on what you're doing never never losing focus you know when you get to a fight still business you need to warm up properly you got to do what you got to do you know to get yourself ready when you get to that cage all that visualization pays off and then on top of that when you get in there you know you got to have yourself mentally ready for when that time comes to um you know go out there and perform you can't it's pointless to have a great camp and then you know go out there and and uh, not show up, you know, so that showing up also has to do with your preparation. You know, if you've manifested this a million times, then it shouldn't be, you know, too nerve wracking. So a lot of people testified when they see me fight, you know, they see how calm I am because I've prepared. I've, you know, I've already been in that situation in that, the um like the mental feel, the manifestation, you know, a million times. So, yeah, yeah I, I guess mean, that's all I can say is preparation, hard work. No, I mean, I mean, you have had, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you've had like, 50 between between muay thai boxing and ma between your professional and amateur careers you've had nearly 50 fights is that a correct stat yeah it's pretty close about 40 50 something like that you know a little more than 40 now i mean that that's pretty incredible so would you attribute everything you just said everything about preparation doing things the right way getting ready on the day of the fight being there and you know calm cool and collected you know prior weighing in making weight doing everything you have to do as a pro would you attribute that kind of to all these, all these fights that you've had over your life, beyond the wrestling, beyond growing up and and having kind of always being around the violence, but also these other sanctioned fights that you've had. I mean, fifty fights is a lot of fights for someone at your age. I think the experience is another thing. You know, is that like I look at these guys' records, but then you look at them like um, their Facebook and their Instagram. You know, those times in between their fights, they're really not doing much, and they have like you know fifteen. Uh, some people at the most like twenty at this stage. You know that I'm at. But I've already been in there under the lights so many times. I've seen so many punches come at me, so many kicks. You know, I've had literally like 12, 15-minute grapp grappling matches nonstop. I've had like, yeah, I've done tournaments where you grapple 11, 15 times in a day, you know. I want them all too, type of things like that. So, yeah, for sure the experience, you know, pays off. It's like, you know, if you see somebody throwing a punch, you know, 
if you look at somebody who's thrown that punch 50 times versus somebody who's thrown that punch 5,000 times, you know, which one's going to gonna look better? Obviously, the guy with more. So experience has a lot to do with it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just blessed to be able to fight, um, get to have the experience that I have. Um, I obviously could have had more. I could have done a lot more. There's times where I, I cut corners. Oh, that's another thing, too, you know. In the amateurs, there's times where I cut corners, and every single time I ever cut corner and I felt it like deep down in my heart, I it, it comes out in the fight and it shows, you know. Um, but every single time I've, I've put all my chips in the bag and um done everything I was supposed to, it's never, never um not went out. The last time I, I didn't get uh, I did all that and I didn't get my hand raised, you know. I thought I, I thought I should have, you know. And there's reasons that it wasn't, you know, it's close fight and stuff like that, you know, but. But yeah, for sure, the experience pays off. That's why I try to tell these amateurs, you know, stay, get in there and fight. Try to keep moving. Try to keep going. You don't need to be cutting too much weight for free. You know, it's if you're, especially in the amateurs, you know, it's time to take risks. So why would you not want to feel somebody way stronger than you? So when it actually matters, you got somebody half your size. You know, you're already you felt that and used to feeling like a big strength, and then it makes it a little easier. So. Yeah, you you've talked about we took before we turned the cameras on. I mean, you're you're thinking about even going down to bantamweight at some point in your career. I mean, is that something that you think is going to be in the next couple of fights? Do you think that five years on the road? When do you think you would want to make a change like that? Well, financially, really, that's what depends. You know, I would have to um, be getting paid a lot of money to make that way. First of all, because I mean, what's well, not going to be easy? It's never easy making weight, but you know, it'd be less a lot harder to make. You know, and I, I would have to be able to have somebody that I can have there constantly watching all my meals and like um watching me 24-7. You know, I just don't have the money right now to have somebody care enough to do that for me. So other than myself and well, uh, you know, I got limited resources as well. So, yeah, but I mean, um, I, I probably would, I wouldn't bank on that till about, you know, the fourth or, or like fifth or, fifth or sixth fight or something like that, you know. You're eight years into your fight career. What would you say is the biggest thing that you have seen change in the sport of mixed martial arts? Because over those eight years, this sport has gone from a very unpopular sport to one most popular sport in the entire country. What would you say you've learned or noticed about the growth of MMA in just the last eight years since you started? The obvious answer, it's definitely a lot more mainstream. You know, you got more fighters like posting and doing the social media type of stuff. Um, so you get a lot more capping type of thing, but... Um, as far as that, I mean, I feel like if we're talking about the whole sport in general, this is a new age because back in the day, you know, they didn't have the amateurs. I say this all the time. They didn't, they have the amateurs. So all these guys, you know, you see their full records, that's all their fights. But you know, you're coming up with some guys, you know, like me, you know, I got a lot of, a lot of amateur experience. So, you know, I'm a little older, um, 26 and only got two fights, but I don't, I don't only have two fights. You know, I got like 50 fights. So um, just I feel like more guys like me are going to come up. And then the other thing is, you know, we're seeing more fighters become coaches. Ex same thing with me. You know, I got a um, one of the most successful guys that ever came out of here. Um, Utah is my head honcho, my um, head coach, you know. So more things like that, I, I feel like it's um, adapting on because I feel like at first it was a lot of a lot of guessing. A lot of these bigger name coach coaches now they don't guess because they've been around. They have fought all that. Uh, or they've trained all these fighters and stuff. But before it was like, it's kind of like guessing because everybody was just making up with the MMA, you know, but now we've, they, we've had years of putting everything together and just the evolution of it all, you know, and it comes in waves, you know, sometimes it, it's like the strikers are dominating. Sometimes it's the grapplers that are dominating. 
Now, recently, it's been the grapplers dominating, but now the strikers are about to come back or are coming back with, like, Leon, excuse me, Leon's win, and then um, Bolt, you know, his his good fight or whatever. So I think people are now starting to lean less on grappling because I feel like for there was an area where it was, like, all these um, – these big grapplers were taking over and then Anderson era with the strikers were dominating everything. Mm-hmm. And then Khabib era came in. Yeah. There's more grappling going on with Kamar and Khabib. And um, yeah. So it just kind of changes like that. But I feel like when it does come in a wave, it's at a higher level. So the striking is now is at a higher level. And the next time the wave comes to grappling, I feel it's going to be in a, at a higher level. I, I looking back at some of your older fights and I mean, it used to be, you know, small, small crowds, not as many people there. And now, does the does the feel of the fight change at all when you're when you're fighting in front of you know a, a small group of people versus being at the Maverick Center or being at Clearfield High School that is completely sold out? Um, no, I mean, um, I feel like the bigger the crowd, the better I perform because the more pressure it kind of puts on me. But it's weird for me; it it kind of takes the pressure off more. Like when I'm sparring and stuff, I used to really notice it as well when I was like sparring in the gym, you know. I would see somebody come that either I liked or I didn't really care much for, but I, they like knew I was a fighter. So I wanted to show, I would want to show like how good I was or like do stuff and kind of like look at the corner of my eye. And um, like I would do like, but anytime there's like a group of a lot of people going, you know, when there's more than like 10 people watching me, I always, I always, I've never like not um, shown up to the plate, you know, maybe like one time back in my career. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I feel like, pressure makes diamonds and um you know I was built for this when I was a little kid you know and um in school I'd always get in trouble for being the class clown and I'm getting all the attention I love when everybody would watch me you know laugh and cheer up cheer me on the stupid I was doing or you know um the more people would be lined up to watch me fight outside you know in the schoolyard the, the better you know it feels like one or two people is always like weird but when there's a lot of people that's when I like that's so why I really lock in. So, why do you think that you enjoy the pressure? Why do you think you enjoy oh, okay, being yeah. under the lights? Is yeah, like I said, it's more of a um, yeah, that's what I was getting to. Is it's more of a fear thing. So, like when I have um, you know, a fear of something, it well, let's put it like this way. You know, if you're if you run a hundred yard dash, you know, somebody tells you they're gonna give you like fifty dollars, you're gonna run it pretty hard. But if somebody's got a Rottweiler behind you, you know, um, white saliva coming out. I guarantee you run, you're going to run that hundred yard dash faster than you've ever ran it before. You know, it's kind of like that. Cause, um, cause yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous and I get a little scared, but, um, I kind of use that to drive and pushing me. So when guys shoot in on me and when I get hit, you know, I, the same thing, I like squeeze my core for the fear that everybody's watching and it just pushes me to a whole nother level. Are those nerves still there 50 so, fights in? Yeah, they're always there. You know, if anybody says they're not there, they're kind of lying, but you just learn how to control them. You know, it's like a fake it till you make it type of thing. Julian, you are absolutely incredible, man. We cannot wait to see you and Cody Hand face off in our main event, Fierce Fiend Champion, or Fierce Challenger Series, I should say, for at Clearfield High School on March 18th. Where can people find you? How can people get a hold of you? And how can people support you on your professional fighting journey? Um, You guys can hit me up for tickets. If you guys want to find me and get a hold of me, my Instagram is um, KingJ underscore 100K. Um, you can always message me. You guys can see me at the gyms that I work at um, and I go to, you know, around my main gym, the Pit Salt Lake City. Then I work at the Ultimate Combat Training Center and I go to the Combat Arts, um, Unified Jiu-Jitsu a lot as well. So kind of all, all over the place. Um, so get a hold of me there. But yeah, the biggest thing, follow me on Instagram if you can. 
And um, yeah, just show up to the fight, give me some support. It's my first main event, so you know I'd love a, a big crowd there. And um, yeah, I guess the bigger the crowd, the better the fight you guys are gonna get. So tell your friends. Sounds like it. I, we cannot wait for it. Julian, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it.